It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Welcome to the Christian Career Woman Podcast. If you're a Christian woman who wants to honor God, live with purpose, be known for excellence and integrity, and achieve work-life balance, then this podcast is for you. On this podcast, you'll find inspiration, professional development resources, and a sisterhood of ambitious Christian women just like you. At Christian Career Women, our goal is to help you aspire, achieve, and thrive in your faith, life, and work. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the Christian Career Women Bible Study. I'm Ellie Nieves, and today we are launching our Bible study based on Elizabeth George's book, Life Management for Busy Women. We're going to be discussing the first section of the book, and the first section of the book talks about how we can manage our spiritual lives. And we are joined by a great panelist that's going to uh, help us with our discussion today. Her name is Crystal Lopez. And Crystal, uh, actually Crystal Goodwin Lopez. She hyphenated. Crystal Lopez. <laughs> I only hyphenated for certain people because, you know, it's my parents' last name. So, but it's just Lopez. Fabulous. So Crystal is a mom. She is a wife. She's also a lifestyle blogger and a YouTuber and a marketing professional. And uh, Crystal is going to give us some great insight today as we uh, talk about the first chapter of life management for busy women. Actually, not just the first chapter. We're going to talk about the first section, which incorporates the first three chapters of the book. And I prepared these uh, slides uh, to also help you follow along, whether you have the book or not, it doesn't matter. You're still able to participate in our Bible study discussion today. And just to confirm, uh, Crystal, can you see my slides? I can see the main screen, uh, the Christian career woman. Perfect. Wonderful. So let's get started. So for those of um, you that don't have the book, just a little throw out there, um, Audible does a free startup and you can't get the book that's just how I ended up doing it because I do have that busy life and um sometimes it makes it a little harder to read a little something extra but just to have that playing in the car ride while you're at the gym or making dinner whatever the case may be it is a good little listen and it is good encouragement that's actually a great um piece of advice just to kind of kick off our um bible study here there was a period in my life where um, reading the Bible actually became really, um, really difficult. And I found that I could get the Bible on audio and I was actually listening to uh, the Bible as I was um, traveling and, you know, on the subway and walking to places and it was my way of getting the word in. So yeah, piece of advice, uh, oftentimes that's just a, an efficient way of being able to uh, still absorb the word. And by the way, the Bible does talk about how, um, you know, hearing about, you know, hearing the word is yeah. another effective way 
of, of observing the word. So absolutely. Fabulous. So Crystal, tell me, what was the highlight of section one of life management for busy women for you? I actually have to say that the part, it's almost in like the very, very beginning. Um, I had to take notes. So, you know, if you see me looking down, it's because I'm looking at my notes. <laughs> um, the funny thing is, is she does like almost dives into the moment of um, time management. And for somebody like, like me and a lot of people out there, a lot of the women, um, you know, you're working, you have a husband and having a husband in many cases is also like having a child sometimes, you know, I'm just saying, but, um, you know, they're great, but they do love having your time and attention and, and, and all the other extra things. So, um, I need my time alone in the morning. So as soon as I get up, I get up around between four thirty five o'clock in the morning, no matter how late I go to bed at night, no matter how much it hurts, it's that discipline that, that I have to stick to and I make my little frothed coffee and then I go and I sit down and I turn on YouTube and I watch my, um, you know, just different messages for the day, whether it comes from Joel Olstein. I like Steve Harvey is actually a really great, um, speaker for like all the Bible stuff. And he challenges you almost cause he, though he doesn't know what Bible verse it is, he'll throw it at you. And then it may, it's that for me just challenges me to go dive, look into the, to the Bible app, to look up what Bible verse he's talking about. And then it makes me write everything down. And so I listen to him, um, Sarah Jake. Who else? Um, Grace for Purpose is a great, I mean, amazing, amazing, amazing um, thing to listen to. It's not one particular person, um, life church, all those things. I always like dive into different ones just to listen to a message to get me started for the morning. I also have the Bible app. Um, I don't know. If, yeah, I think it's called the Bible app, but I have that. So every day I read that. And I'm, for me, I'm a person that likes to write. So I write all my prayers. I have a whole journal. I write it down. I write my, the verse of the day that whatever verse is speaking to me. And that's how I start my time with God every day in the morning, just me and God for a good two hours before my kid, you know, before the family gets up and there's chaos in the house. At least I get my time in with God. And that's what she pretty much starts out chapter one with is your time with God, your time management, um, how you spend your time. And of course, like I said, my first time every day has to be spent with God. It just, it just makes it easier. And then as annoying it is to some people, um, I started back in, I'd say either, I think it was October. I started a gratitude list and I invited a whole bunch of people in little by little. I was inviting people in and we write our gratitude list with every, you know, your daily gratitude. It can't be anything that is repeated. So once you say it, that's it. You can't repeat it ever again. And um, you have to say why you're gr grateful for it. You can't just be like, oh, the roof over my head. It's the roof over my head that keeps me warm and dry. And blah, 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 you know, um, so I send that out to everybody else to try to help people see that there, even in the worst of the worst, there are times that you can still see something good out of the day that God's blessing you with. Mm -hmm. So those are my 
little things in the morning. That's great. That's great. Yeah, for me, I really enjoyed um, chapter two of the book because she lays out a number of disciplines yes. uh, to develop. Uh, so to me, you know, I like reference points uh, to keep me on track or to even think of uh, new ideas as to how I can do things differently or how I can incorporate uh, God into my life more. Uh, so she uh, lays out a number of items like she says, you know, find a rhythm or a pattern that fits with your lifestyle. So I think ideally we would like to get up and first thing in the morning or read the Bible, but that's not always practical depending on your lifestyle or your, your home situation. So, you know, making sure that you're finding a rhythm or a pattern that fits your lifestyle. For me, that, that's something that really resonated with me. Uh, she also talked about be a woman of one book. And that one book should be the Bible. And she says, before you pick up any other book in a day, you know, pick up the Bible. That should be your first book that you pick up. Or she talked about um, beat the family, right? Not in a bad way. She meant beat the family as in be the first one up in the morning so that before the family gets up so that you can get that quiet time in uh, in order to, um, you know, make sure that you get that connection point. Or she says purpose to get up. And this is something that I'm going to try to adopt more uh, going into 2020, simply because uh, last year, you know, I was plagued with a critical illness. So getting up in the morning was very difficult. <laughs> it was something of an ordeal. So now that I'm uh, feeling better and I'm back on the mend, you know, making sure that I purpose to get up every day so that I am um, committing that time to the Lord uh, in, a, in a more meaningful way. So that was my highlight of, of the first section. So let's talk about um, let's, let's talk about a little bit of uh, some of the questions that she actually offers in her uh, Bible study. Uh, she talks about um, how God's word is the heart of God, and she says that there are scriptures that teach us that uh, that God's word is His heart. So. There are two scriptures. One scripture is 2 Timothy 3.16. It says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Psalm 33.11. But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever, the purposes of his heart through all generations. Do you have any thoughts on these two scriptures, Crystal? Um... I think for Timothy two Timothy three sixteen, um, I think every everything always speaks to people very differently. So what you could be reading on that and what I could be reading on that speaks to us differently. And I think that's where the Holy Spirit kind of works through us. Um, I think two Timothy three sixteen has really started a big change as of probably last year for us. Um, we were not really big Bible, you know, readers, um, or, or like listening too much. Um, we learned the rebuking part, the correcting part and the, it's not our way, it's his way. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of it had to do with, um, learning that our way is just going to get us caught up in more things and not really so much help us do much. Whereas um, trying to rebuke our own, own ways and, and follow whatever God is saying really is really the only way, even if you don't like it, it's really the only way. Um, mm -hmm. 
And I really like that you said that. And that's something that I can relate to. I think early on, um, as I was growing up, I always identified as somebody who believed in God. Yeah. But I didn't have a relationship with Christ. And I didn't have a love relationship with Christ because I didn't know the Bible. And uh, many of us who might uh, claim to uh, believe in God, um, it takes a while for us to get to the point where we understand that the Bible is actually the source for uh, a meaningful relationship with God, that the only way to get to God is through his son, Jesus Christ. And the Bible is the way that we connect with God. And if we, when we talk about having a relationship with God, it's really a two-way street, right? Um, we can't just come to God all the time with prayer. Um, it's important and it's very foundational to our walk with God, but that's us talking to God. If we want yeah. to listen from listen to God, then we go to the Bible, and then that's where we have that two way relationship. We talk to Him; He talks back to us through Scripture. And just as you said, you know, each of us comes to the Bible with our own back, with different backgrounds, different understandings, different life experiences, different challenges. Many times we turn to the Bible because we're going through a challenge, and we we go there as a source of um, healing. We we go there for a source of, of of um, truths we want to hear from God and it's in those moments when the Holy Spirit does speak to us and he tells us whether we're going in the right direction he'll rebuke us because perhaps there's sin in our lives and we're not aware of the sin that's mm -hmm. in our lives but it's not until we actually read the Bible that we start confronting what that sin is so in that way I see the Bible as a mirror right I look at the Bible I read it and then I start recognizing the sin in me and then God rebukes me that way and then provides me with an opportunity to correct my behavior, to repent and turn the other way and do things differently. And the training in righteousness, um, you know, when we go to the Bible, we start learning what it is to be holy, you know, how Jesus walked. And then we can ask ourselves, well, what would Jesus do in the situations that we walk in? Yeah. And then we can start correcting ourselves and uh, transform and become more and more like his son, Jesus. So I, I really appreciate what you shared um, because so many of us do believe in God, but we don't understand how central the Bible is to having yeah. a meaningful relationship uh, with God. And sometimes I would also add in there that what we, what we read today, maybe in six months, we could go back and read it again and it has a whole nother meaning. Mm -hmm. And for me, I always have to pray, God, however I'm supposed to receive this today, let me hear it, speak to me, guide me, and let me really understand it. Because I am not one that can always understand the Bible. A lot of the times I'm like, what? You know, like it just doesn't make sense. So then I'd have to get, it It was very, um, it was very discouraging for me to read the Bible because I never understood it. It was always like, okay, what does that mean? But list, not just reading the Bible, but also going to church or going online and finding those, those messages and the way they break them down. Find somebody that you can hear a Bible verse from that actually breaks it down mm -hmm. so that you can understand it. Is so, that's like kind of another point of going to church as well or getting into a Bible study where you can hear you know, one person being like, well, this is the scripture and this is why it helped me. And this is what it really means. 
because I was that person. I didn't know what a lot of these things meant. You know, there were certain things that I was just like, okay, whatever. I get mm-hmm. that. Okay. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, you know, I, you know, I, I started digging deeper into the Bible because there were things that I didn't understand. And I realized that sometimes um, it had to do with the uh, version of the Bible that I was reading, right? There are different versions yeah. of the Bible and like the King James version of the Bible, for example, tends to use old English and it's a little bit more difficult to follow. So uh, many of us rely on the NIV version of the Bible, which is the new international version of the Bible. It's more in plain English. And um, uh, more recently, uh, probably in the next, uh, the last uh, 20 years or so, the message Bible became very popular, right? So the message Bible is almost so plain English that it's almost slang. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It becomes more understandable. But there are different versions of the Bible. And one tool that I like to use online is BibleHub.com. And BibleHub is great because uh, if you type in a scripture, for example, let's say we type in 2 Timothy 3.16, what it does is it brings out all the different versions of 2 Timothy 3.16. So we'll see, you know, English Standard Version, Message Bible, NIV, King James, New King James, all the different versions of the Bible. And that is always a great tool for me, especially when I see a particular verse that resonates with me, just to see the different versions, because sometimes there's a different twist to how um, the verse is written, a mm-hmm. different word for something that maybe I'm having a hard time with, and it gives me a deeper understanding of the verse. So just a, a good tool for us to use. So uh, one thing that Second uh, Timothy 3, 6 through 7 says, um, it says, and this is another verse, by the way. This is, it says, four of these are they that creep into houses and take captive silly women laden with sins, led away by diverse lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And uh, when we see in the scripture here, so Paul was writing a letter to, sec- uh, to, Tim- to Timothy here, and he was talking to uh, Timothy about how he should be instructing women. And uh, he was referring here to silly women. And this is one of those scriptures, which, by the way, if you run it through, through Bible Hub, as I mentioned, you'll see different uh, versions of the same scripture with different language so that it might make it uh, easier to understand. But I put this picture of the silly woman here because uh, <laughs> the, the Bible is, is, is describing uh, women who um, are... Um, led astray by their diverse lusts, and that's exactly how it was spelled um, in, the, uh, in, the, in the Bible scripture, by the way, without the E. Uh, and it says, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. And perhaps you know someone like that in your own walk uh, that you've encountered, uh, someone who keeps coming to church uh, or maybe uh, keeps claiming to uh, want to have a, a deeper relationship with Christ, but no matter what happens, they keep getting dragged away by their personal um, desires, and perhaps they keep straying away. They continue to go through this path where it looks like they're ever learning, but they never seem to come to the, to the knowledge of the truth. They never seem to really dedicate their lives to Christ. They never, you never see that real transformation in their lives. And um, what we're seeing here in 2 Timothy 3, 6 through 7, is that uh, Paul is telling us that the solution is actually the word of God. What do you think about that, Crystal? Do you think that this is um, something that you've experienced, witnessed? Um, I could say I have experienced it and witnessed it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I think 
I think for, see, again, this speaks to everybody differently. Mm -hmm. So for like the lusting I've learned lusting is, um, I have, I used to have a really big, big, big crush on the rock, like really serious, <laughs> like hardcore crush. And I realized that technically that the Bible considers that as lusting. Mm -hmm. So now I have to truly not even look at pictures for a, a few times. Like mm -hmm. when I'm really feeling some kind of lust towards that man. <laughs> <laughs> so not that I want, you know, not that I want to leave my husband or anything, but just like, ooh, ooh that smile, ooh, his body, you know, all those kind of fun things. Mm -hmm. um, technically, that's lusting. I'm married. I shouldn't be doing that. He's married. He's got kids. You just shouldn't be doing that. Right. Um, uh, the ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. The knowledge of the truth is everything in the Bible. That's just how it goes. Whether you agree with it or not, it is confirmed. It is written in stone. The, it is the truth. It is the, it is everything in there is the only kind of stability that you will ever have in your life. I can say it's the only thing that, um, through and through, no matter what you can rely on his word, his everything. And like, I can rely that Ellie, you're my girl, you're my friend, but I can't say for sure in 10 to 20 to 30 years from now, something may not, may or may not happen, you know? Um, my husband and I, as much as I love him, anything can happen. But at the end of the day, God's word is absolutely positively everything mm -hmm. and it'll never change. Mm -hmm. So um, that's the knowledge of the truth for me. Amen. Amen. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit just because um, we're limited with time. But um, one scripture here says that God, God's word equips you according to 2 Timothy 3.17, what does the word of God do for you? And I'll ask you that question, Crystal. What does God's word do for you? Um, sometimes it's, it confuses me. Not going to lie. It does confuse me. Um, a lot of the times it does push me to want to do better, be better. You know, even in the, in the book, um, one of the 10 disciplines that she spoke about was appearances. Mm -hmm. And I'm really big on not appearances in the sense of like, you have to have all the brands and wear all these flashy diamond. I'm not appearances in how you carry yourself. You know, I'm not perfect. I don't try to ever say I am or act it, but um, I do believe that God wants us to carry ourselves appearance wise too as a godly fixture you know you, you you speak to me you should hear god speaking through is that true all the time about me no <laughs> i'm not perfect but um i do think when you read the bible it does inspire you and motivate you to be um just a godlier person sometimes again it's very it can be very very confusing and that's truly why i have to like break it down and pray on things um, when I work out, when I go to the gym, I have a message, you know, instead of listening to music, I have messages playing to help me break down. And um, sometimes it does help me through certain experiences, you know, Pete, the, there's a Bible verse in there that says something about being just at peace with whatever it is for God. And when my youngest son 
was born, he was born very, very early in a very, very bad situation. He was in the NICU for a while. And we heard more times than we did that he wasn't going to make it. And it was literally um, a pastor from the church that we were going to at the time that he popped up. We didn't even know the man. He just popped up at the hospital and um, told us about this Bible verse. And literally at the same exact time, exact time, my husband and I felt like there was a hand on us. Nobody was with us. It was just me and him. It was after the pastor left. Everybody was gone. And there was like a hand that was placed right here. And it was just like a peaceful, everything was going to be okay. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. God says our youngest was going to make it. Mm -hmm. So when you read it, it does, it truly does equip you. As of right now, I'm going through um, trusting the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding yeah that's proverbs three fifth or three five that's what i've been so literally that is my walk right now and faith faith is following god's instructions even when they don't make sense those are my two biggest things so just as if you know you're going to breathe that air and that air is going to fill your lungs mm -hmm. no matter how bad the situation is you just got to know it's going to happen. It's, it's God's word is everything. And just be prepared. He's going to come through for you. Maybe not your way. It's the way it's supposed to be for you. Cause it's going to be better than your way. Amen. Amen. Thank you for sharing that. So you just did this, you, you shared a verse that never fails to build you up for the tasks that God has given you. So thank you for sharing those uh, scriptures. Those are really encouraging scriptures. And, and that scripture is also my scripture, the one about not leading on your own understanding. In all your ways, trust in him, and he will make your path straight. <laughs> that, isn't that funny? <laughs> so did you have an opportunity to review the 10 disciplines in chapter two, Crystal? Um, that's the appearances and commit to lifelong disciplines. She also spoke about like the eating mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Is there any of those practices that you already put into practice? And is there one that you feel that you need to grow in? Um, the commit to lifelong discipline. Um, I've been journaling my prayers for the last like three years, but I wasn't committed to it every day. And I think that is something that I am very committed to now I'm going through books a lot faster where in the beginning I was only going through like one notebook every year and a half which was kind of pathetic but now I'm on my second book and I'm almost done with it mm -hmm. and this is only month two I believe only month two and I'm already halfway done with the, there's more than halfway done with the book so that was one of them um making sure I read the bible every single day whether I am too tired um and my 4 35 o'clock wake-ups I'm, I'm as much as it hurts at times no matter how sick I am I get up and even if I get up and I'm not feeling well and I have the opportunity to go back to sleep that day because it's just that kind of day that everybody's sick um I, I still get up just so that I can start the day with the Bible. And another big thing um, I would say is committing to a lifelong discipline as far as, as silly as this is, like my eating habits, I don't eat the greatest. And um, somebody that I actually brought into the gratitude list, she has been going on a walk with, you know, God, and she's, she's trying to learn more about God. And she was the one that brought up like, you know, the devil 
ways like plays with your 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 weaknesses and he loves to play with um you know for me i like my sweets and my junk food so she was like you know the devil likes to play on that and and you got to watch what you eat because god says it too you got to watch what you eat and i was like oh okay okay all right i got that one so that's another discipline that i'm working on um appearance i try to I try to help other women with the appearances and that's what my YouTube channel is for is appearance and be, you know, putting yourself first. Mm -hmm. Um, so that, those are the things I would say, but the discipline, the commitment to lifelong discipline is more of, of reading the Bible, praying every single day and trying to, instead of making a decision right away, I, turn it to God. And until I get a, a straight answer from God, I don't make that decision. Okay. So those would be my, probably my top two. That's right. So for me, I think it's uh, just, um, I, I do the same. I journal. I love journaling. It really mm -hmm. helps to get me centered, focused on uh, the Bible, uh, focused on particular scriptures, breaking them down, uh, doing a devotional, I have a devotional Bible, so often it gives me opportunity to review several scriptures, but then it also asks questions about how I apply those scriptures to my life, so that gives me an opportunity to journal, and then uh, I am going to incorporate what I mentioned earlier, which is the uh, purpose to get up uh, earlier, uh, now that I'm, uh, I'm better and um, I can get up earlier again, I'm feeling more energy now, so I'm, I'm going to try to incorporate that into my lifestyle just getting up a little extra early so I can have some more quiet time early in the day that's awesome so I'm going to um move us along here because we are already over time but I want to I want to hit this last um this last slide here with the last three scriptures because I think it's very important for our walk and it's a nice way to end our Bible study so the question is um prayer strengthens us against our tendency to sin and here are three common scenarios that I'm going to share with you through scripture that tempt us to sin. What is the problem and what is the solution in each instance? So the first scripture says is Matthew 5, 44, and it says, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. The second scripture is Mark eleven twenty five, and it says, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. And the third scripture is Philippians 4, 6 through 7, and it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let's go back to the question. It says, Prayer strengthens against our tendency to sin, so based on these three scenarios, what is the problem and what is the solution in each instance? So I'll take, why don't we each take one, Crystal? Uh, I'll start with the first one and you take the second one and then maybe we can both take the last one. Okay. So the first one says, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So this here, um, I, I, in fact, I, I, I chose this one, but I didn't realize I chose it. Um, this was an issue for me. <laughs> really? Yeah, I remember uh, three years ago, I had someone who was um, kind of, um, I'll call him a thorn on my side. 
And um, it was very difficult to engage with this person in particular. I mean, I was getting a hard heart towards this person. And I would find myself uh, praying uh, for me, for myself. But uh, it's interesting, you know, when you spend time in the Bible, it's like I mentioned before, the Bible rebukes you. Uh-huh. So I was uh, spending time in the Bible uh, to kind of console myself because I had to interact with this person. But I kept running against uh, uh, up against scriptures like this one, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And I'm like, I'm supposed to pray for this person? Get out of here. But <laughs> I had to check myself. And I did. And I, I started praying. And let me tell you, it was the hardest thing for me to do because the first thing I, I was, I, and I, for me, prayer is a conversation with God, right? Very, I try to be very respectful in my prayers with God, but I was very honest. I'm like, God, how am I supposed to pray for this person that I absolutely do not like? And I'm like, you know what, God, I'm just going to take one step. I'm going to say, God, I'm praying for this person. I pray that this person will find you. That was the first prayer. I pray That's that this awesome. person will find you. And then um, when that became easy, then I started adding things to that prayer. God, I pray um, for this person, for this person's health. I pray that you will open this person's eyes. I pray that you will improve the relationship. You know, I just started adding things to the prayer until it got easier and easier. But this was a very hard thing for me to do. I think it's very easy when we see someone who's engaging in things that are unethical or people who are just mean. This person was just mean-spirited. Um, so, you know, when you see someone who purposely asks, acts, acts that way, you don't want to pray for them because you think that they don't deserve prayer, right? Uh, but the Bible says that you, you're supposed to pray for them and we're supposed to love our enemies. And I had a hard time with that too because I, I definitely don't do not love this person. But when I think about love, right, I go, went into the Bible and researched love. For us, we associate love with feelings, feeling mushy, warm, fuzzy feelings. But the Bible, when it describes uh, love in 1 Corinthians 14, it says nothing about fuzzy feelings. The definition of love is being, you know, kind, patient, not holding a record of wrongs. There's like a whole list of what love is, and it has nothing to do with fuzzy feelings. So um, I had to check myself there, too, and then start saying, okay, am I being patient with this person? Am I still being kind regardless of how this person is treating me? Am I still holding a record of wrongs whenever this person is mean to me? Am I, am I still holding that against them? So, you know, I had to go, that was, became my checklist for love. Um, and ultimately I landed on the fact that love is really a decision. It's not a feeling. So every day we're supposed to walk in love and not just for uh, the people that we care for, but also for the people that um, don't wish us well. <laughs> people that are our enemies or people who persecute us. So this is um, one particular scripture that I have uh, really taken to heart and has really taught me a lot of lessons. Uh, And I hope to um, be able to continue to apply this in my life moving forward because I'm sure it's not the last time that I'm going to run into someone who's mean-spirited and that I don't like personally. Yes, (laughs) I'm sure. So what are your thoughts on Mark 11.25 that says, when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. I would have to say, um, personally speaking, I have actually, in the last, for a while actually, I've been, I think God has been especially testing me on those things. Um, I try not to hold anything against anybody. I literally, God has gifted me with the fact that I can literally close my mind to somebody 
and leave it be. But my downside for that is I also don't pray for them. After I close that door on them, I don't pray for them, which I need to, even if I close the door, I should pray for them before I close that door on them mm -hmm. um, and block them out of my head. Um, I don't hold anger against people because I just feel like it'll take away from my health. Um, forgiving. Yeah. I've, all that I feel like God has, has, I don't want to say made it easy for me to do it, but I, I think I've walked through that and, um, the forgiving part, I'm quick to forgive. I don't hold grudges. Um, praying for people. I will pray for you once or twice and then I'm done with you. If it gets too bad, if it's like going to turn into a health hazard for me, um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, and, and I and I get that, and that's why I think when I was going through my stuff, um, I found that the more I prayed, the more my heart got softened, and probably that's yeah. what God intends for us to do, and that's why He asks us to actually love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. You know, I think these two scriptures go hand in hand, is because the more we do it, the more um, opportunity we give the Holy Spirit to actually work in our lives and soften our hearts. And yeah. Um, I think the one thing that also um, really opened my heart in, in, in that situation was that I thought about Jesus and how he does this for us and how he did it for himself in his own life when he was nailed on the cross. And in that one moment, he looked down at the people who were persecuting him and who had nailed them to the cross. And he said, God, forgive them for they not, know not what they're doing. So to know that Jesus had that kind of love and compassion after they literally had tortured him and nailed him to a cross is how, how can I not just forgive someone who's mean-spirited I know it's hard and it hurts um, or people that have done us wrong in in in, in other ways um, but if Jesus can do it then so can we it gives me hope that there's uh, an opportunity for me to also grow in that way and it's something that I have to keep working on so this last scripture, do not be anxious about anything, but in every mm. situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What do you think of that? Okay, so I can attest to this one because um, I have control issues with things. Um, everything has to be like lined up a certain way, planned out and, the, you know, um, not control issues in the sense of I got to control you as a person. It's just more of my life I have to control. And this is where I'm like, nope, I'm trying to put God first. God, what's my plan? You tell me because clearly you and I need to be on the same page. Um, so much so that I would get anxiety over it. And then I would get these insane migraines. This is how much it, God's like, all right, keep playing with me. Go ahead. Keep playing with me. Mm -hmm. So um, I have to, I've learned that as I, I stop being anxious and I stop stressing it, no matter what it is, whether it's, oh, I can't pay this bill this month. Oh, this medicine is going to be too much for my kid. Oh, whatever it is. Um, if I just pray about it and I leave it in God's hands and I trust him, then I, it'll, it takes the stress and worry off of me because I already know God's got it just as much as like when you're a kid and you go to your parents and you're like, mommy, daddy, um, I'm hungry. And you know, some way, somehow they're going to give you something to eat, you know, no matter how bad things are, that's how I feel with God. No matter how bad things are, God's got this. And if I don't, if I'm, I, if I stay in just faith in God, 
and I come to him first about everything and I'm not freaking out about it and I'm not getting, you know, anxiety over it. And I just believe it that whatever my prayer is that I thank him too, because I know it's going to happen. And no matter what it is that I'm actually at peace with it, that I, everything's going to work out and I don't get my migraines. <laughs> so I think God has been like, cause I am such a hard headed person. And sometimes it, I don't always hear God that sometimes I got to go through a little suffering just to learn what God's trying to teach me. So my um, migraines were so bad that I would go blind in my right eye and I, I, it would take me out for a while. Mm-hmm. And I haven't really been having them because I've been going to God for everything. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's not easy. It's not, it really is not easy at all, but it is a learning thing. And the more you read the Bible and the more you speak to people and the more you you just trust it's it's literally as much as you trust that when you breathe in that air is filling your lungs that's like the best way i can say it you that's the kind of trust you have to have in god that as much as you know how bad things are god's got this thank you jesus that you got this i already know it however long it takes i know you're not gonna let me down and i feel like that's my walk as of right this second Amen. Amen. And I can relate to that so much. So thank you for sharing that. And I think that that is um, kind of a definitive word for us, right? Just uh, uh, giving it all to him. Uh, anxiety. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting to think about it as a sin, but it is, right? God is telling us, do not be anxious about anything. So when we are anxious, if we're not working against that um, in every situation, as the scripture says here, that we're not um, in obedience. We're not standing in obedience to God's word. So clearly a lot of these things are easier said than done, right? So um, mm-hmm. we all have to come at this with a level of grace, uh, grace for ourselves and grace for each other uh, and other people whenever we do face anxiety. Um, it's a natural emotion. But in those moments, we turn that anxiety over to uh, Jesus and we ask him to take over the situation and we invite him into the situation. And it says here that here's the remedy. Prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your request to God. That's, that's basically the formula for anxiety. It's to pray, uh, give the petition over to God, be thankful for, for whatever he's given you in that moment, for the courage that he's given you to pray, and, for, uh, and just thanking him for how he's going to get you out of it. Because we know that there's always going to be another side. Romans 8.28 tells us that it doesn't matter whether something happens, whether it's good or bad. Everything, if you are a believer, this is only a promise to believers in Christ. If you are a believer in Christ, whether something is bad or good, it's going to turn out for your good. That is God's promise to us. So um, thank you everyone so much for uh, joining us for our Bible study today. We went over time a little bit, but you know what? This was uh, meaningful. I really enjoyed the conversation with you, Crystal. And we're going to continue um, working through uh, this particular book because there are a number of other items here that I think are going to be really important to our walk. But uh, this particular uh, discussion was the foundation, uh, you know, managing our spiritual lives is the foundation for any busy woman who wants to manage the rest of her life. So uh, our our Bible studies that are going to follow are going to break down different areas of our life, like our health, our finances, our relationships, our home life. We're going to talk about all those items uh, from a perspective of Christ. So if you have not had an opportunity to download this book or even uh, purchase it, 
uh, or listen to it. Uh, Crystal just gave us a great um, uh, piece of advice. If you don't have time to actually read something, you can download it from Audible and listen to it. And you can join us for future Bible studies. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Christian Career Women, so that you can get information for uh, future dates or join us at ChristianCareerWomen.com so that you can join the mailing list and you can get invitations to the future uh, Bible studies. Thank you so and much. And don't forget, you could also invite your friends who, even the ones that you don't even think that may or may not want to be a part of it, still invite them and let them check out the site, her Facebook page, um, YouTube and everything. Just because just that one little introduction to them can mean a life-changing moment. There could be something that day that they just needed to hear. And here comes Ellie with whatever she may be saying that day. And it could be a life-changing moment for them to turn their lives over to God. So don't be afraid to invite others in. Absolutely. Speaking All of right. others in, we'll be uh, inviting other members of the Christian Career Women Network to also join us in future panels. And Crystal, I know this is not going to be the last time you're going to be joining us. Um, so um, looking forward to connecting with all of you guys. Uh, thank you for tuning in and God bless. Thank you. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.